The Restless Midlifer podcast. Get health, weight and life back on your terms. Hi and welcome to episode 105 of the podcast. Now, this week I'm going to build on last week's episode in which I explored the the question of really diet or exercise and where do we place our focus in terms of efforts-wise. And that does depend on what your goal is, which is something that I explored last week. This week what I want to do is dive into the the, the diet side of that equation um, because it is there's a lot to it and I think there's a real issue around it for many of us. And many of us who have perhaps been down the road of trying this or that, trying all sorts, and succeeding perhaps even in the short term, but ultimately it doesn't work or it hasn't worked for us. We end up losing, uh, get regaining that weight and perhaps putting even more on. So for me, I often use that phrase, it's not about the diet, because frankly, for many of us, it's not. Not really. Um, I mean, I guess many of us know the basics. You know, we know the basics. Yes, there's a lot of confusion out there, um, you know, there's a lot of people selling this particular approach, that particular approach, and trying to sort of back it up with science, and I'm using air quotes there, to justify it. But I guess, and, and that does, there's no doubt about it, it does add to the confusion. No doubt about that. That can be really confusing. For me, it adds more in terms of just stuff, the cognitive load of trying to, when we try to change, of taking on this other stuff. And perhaps we buy into it wholeheartedly, or we don't, and we're confused, and then we do a mishmash of things. And really... That's why I want, I'm going to tease out the, the diet part of it shortly, but in terms of it, there is really the basic formula, energy in, energy out, and that is the basics. That is what actually will lead to weight gain or weight loss or weight maintenance, if we get that roughly right. And that is what, that, that's, that is it, that is the basic. Now, you can, you know, that have come across other diets that claim this, that, and the other, um, that claim that you lose weight because of something that happens to this particular hormone and this particular thing that's stored in your body, etc. But ultimately, the mechanism for weight loss or weight gain is the energy in versus energy out, of which calorie is a measurement. Now, I know I've spoken about that before, but one of the things I do like to distinguish between is the energy and calorie for that reason, because a calorie is a calorie. A calorie is a unit of measurement, just like a mile is a mile, or a kilometer is a kilometer, or a kilogram is a kilogram. It's a unit of measurement. Where we get that calorie, or that energy from, that unit of energy from, is obviously important in terms of things like health, um, and how the body, body utilizes it. But in terms of weight loss, it comes down to that energy in, energy out. And that is the foundation. And if we were to be able to just manage that without anything else, then that's how we would lose the weight. And that's why I say it's not about the diet, because it's all the other stuff that gets in the way. Sometimes it's confusion. Sometimes being sold a pup in terms of diet. Sometimes it's going too extreme, and then it's snapping back, or whatever. It's There's a lot of things around there. So if we if we work from that basis of that, that energy deficit, um, I think what I want to do is kind of get into the, the area of diet. Now, when I talk about diet, the word, there's, kind of, I suppose, typically two two ways that we use it. One is the, the the way that perhaps, you know, we would use it when we look at, well, what, what's the diet of the human race? What's the diet of that species of animal, that species of uh, mammal, whatever? There's that approach. But let's be real. Typically, when we think diet, we think restriction. And I think this is this is the bit that I want to try to reframe. It's around that restriction part. Because I think it's the restriction or the, the framing as restriction is problematic. Now, don't get me wrong. What I'm not proposing here is something um, 
akin to magical playing with words here. So that suddenly we'll change our view of this because we are in order to create that deficit, there will need to be some sort of restriction in terms of energy in or increase in expenditure of energy out. I explained a bit more about how that we need to consider that uh, in last week's episode. But if we think about it, we need to, a lot of it is around that word diet and the, the focus on restriction. If you, I don't know if you've ever bought a diet book uh, that claims not to be a diet book, but then within a couple of paragraphs sounds suspiciously like a diet book because it's about what you can't eat. Yes, you can eat all of this. You can't eat all of that. And I, I think for many of us, that can provide simplicity. It can provide a sort of a clear lines and clear delineation, which is why often they can work, particularly in the short term, because I know I just never touch this. I can't touch that. I won't eat this, but I will eat all of that and I'll eat loads of this. And that can be really useful and can be really helpful in terms of removing the cognitive load. But the problem is something like, for example, like um, keto, for example, the, the keto diet, which is uh, it's low carb. And it's about restricting specific food groups around the, uh, you know, sugars, carbohydrates, that kind of thing. It can feel simpler in a sense that we just say, right, it's a no for that and it's a yes for this. We still have to maintain that energy imbalance to lose the weight. We still have to do that. And it's very easy to overeat on the, you know, the, the foods that are perhaps more fat dense because, let's be right, food fat does contain more calories per gram or twice as many calories per gram, etc., than carbohydrates and protein. So there's a there's kind of a a play around this. You can have all of this, but we're restricting you in this. So that restriction, I think, is the issue because for many of us, and it's enough for everybody, so if the, if the restriction works and if that simplicity works, go for it. Because I think... You know, at no point in here am I mentioning health. And obviously for me, uh, I would like to encourage that we approach things and how we eat with a more healthy approach and a healthy view. So considering what we eat, the quality of what we eat, how processed it is, and how much, you know, of the healthier stuff that we get in there, whether it's fiber, vegetables, you know, the, the vitamin mix, that kind of thing. So yes, health is in there, but I'm kind of just parking that dimension for now, just for the, the purpose of exploring this thing around restriction. Because... If we are looking at something from the perspective of restriction, many of us have had our fill of that. We've had our, we've had years of it, and perhaps we're burnt out with the idea of restriction. And this is why I think it's really important because when I work with clients, and then this is certainly something I've experienced, and I still can fall foul of it sometimes. I think, right, I'm going to get back on it tomorrow. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to have. And it's very much about that. And I feel like I am so burnt out with diets that it lasts barely a couple of hours. Because I seem to have some inner resistance to restriction now. Um, and perhaps it's just the, the probably overusing the word trauma here, but the trauma of the past attempts and efforts and failures that my body and mind is just saying, it doesn't work, Dave, don't do it, we hate it. So for me, that idea of trying to come at what we do and change and step away from restriction is important. That phrase restriction or just cutting out um, and, and, and that extreme kind of aspect is really what can often promote and produce resistance. And what you resist can often persist is, is a bit of a cliche, but I think it's true in this sense, because how many times when we approach something, right, I'm not going to have biscuits today, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, that we get an inner sense of monitoring ourselves, right, am I doing it, am I breaking the rules here, am I do, uh, uh, and that inner resistance, that inner friction leads to inner tension, which can ultimately lead to us having a binge, a weak moment, and then 
falling off and then saying, oh, stuff it, I've had it, I've opened the packet of biscuits, I'm going to finish them, that kind of thing. So it's, it's the grounding in restriction that is the issue. Now, I don't have a magical solution here, so I'm not proposing that we suddenly stop talking restriction, you can have what you want, and suddenly it'll all be um, roses and, and, and pretty flowers. That's not the case, because the other side of it is that many of us, having been in that seesaw between restriction and not, the idea, never mind the reality, of just having a no rules, no guide rails, no nothing fills us with terror because we know that that can mean real significant binge, real extreme going off the rails. And that's the challenge that we have. So what I'm not suggesting is that if we step away from restriction, we can suddenly reframe it and everything's all sunny and roses. It's not. And that's the, that's the thing because the middle ground, the middle path is often the hardest one. And especially for those of us who are used to seesawing between the all or nothing. And I've talked a lot about all or nothing over the podcast episodes in the past. But it is about that learning process of navigating the middle ground. So what is that middle ground? Well, firstly, it's about recognizing that foundation. It is energy in, energy in, energy out. We need to create a deficit. And as I said last week, we do that through both what we expend in energy. So that could be exercise. However, there are the, 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 the limitations to relying on that, as I talked about last week. It could be more activity, which is differentiated, as I said last week, from exercise as it's lower intensity, something we perhaps do more and build more incidentally into our life. So that can be an opportunity. But ultimately, it does come down to that building that uh, deficit of what we take in. So we can't entirely ditch the reducing or the restriction. But what we want to do is try to approach it from the perspective of, you know, I can have anything I want, perhaps just not as much as I want. But we then need to then frame this in a way that sits comfortably with us, doesn't put that pressure of constant monitoring ourselves, constantly needing to be mindful, and the resistance that can grow if we overly restrict. And that is the real challenge. And again, as I say, I haven't got a magic solution here, but what it is, is about recognizing what are the small things. And so I go down, back down to the, from the cabbage to the sprout, the sprout sized things that are minimal friction, minimal effort. But if we do enough of them and en for enough time, we'll have a cumulative impact. So what do I mean? It's about that process of starting small, starting with the intention that this is going to take longer. This will take longer because I'm not going all in and all restricted uh, right from the st start because I've learned from the past that that never works or it hasn't worked. Why would I expect it to be any different? And this is where perhaps looking back on previous experiences and looking back on previous diets, attempts, whether it's this group, that group, this world, that whatever, watching thing, you know, you know what I mean. Um, those, there will be things in there that you found pretty easy and other things that ultimately led to the demise of your efforts. There might be a particular recipes. There might be particular little mini rules or mini routines or habits or things that you did that helped you. And what we're talking about is picking those sprout size things and bringing them into our routine going forward and starting to experiment with that, to experiment with what works. If, and I, I talked about in my video, um, in a previous podcast as well, but I've got a video on the website, uh, The Four Levers of Weight Management. If you pop over to my FAQ uh, page and search for that, you'll find it there. But there are four levers that help us create that energy deficit, that energy gap, 
between energy in and energy out. And once one of the levers is activity and exercise. Uh, obviously, I spent a bit of time last week on that. The other three are around what we take in. And the other three are calorie, calorie uh, restriction. And I say calorie restriction there because that is specifically around monitoring the calories, calories being the unit of measurement. So we monitor what we eat and we monitor the calories. There is time restriction where we perhaps close down the window of time that we are having to make decisions around food and therefore lighten the cognitive load. And there is also diet restriction where you may exclude anything from a food group to a small to a small uh, thing like biscuits or something like that. Now, as I've said, each one of those levers has a lot of caveats and may not be the right one for you. And actually, I would argue that one lever or favoring one lever is very much in the restriction, very being very cognizant and present to what we eat and very mindful all of the time type approach. Um, and that can be really work for some very well, but for many of us, it's just not the answer. So pulling on one lever is not enough. So pulling on two or three levers can be useful, but that's where the sprout sized actions come in. So it's about those small things. And one might be, you know, I'll just drop the sugar from my tea. Um, I will, um, I'll replace out the, the hobnobs for Jaffa cakes. I will, um, do you know what? I'm just gonna take a later breakfast. Um, and and I will uh, perhaps monitor, I'll, I'll make sure that my breakfast is roughly the same calories every morning or whatever. So there's a variety of it. We don't need to go all in on one particular method. So when we talk about the reframing of the diet, what we're trying to do is boil it down to how can I create that deficit? And I've talked about that in the past is the deficit that is such that it's manageable and sustainable. So it's not extreme that leads to the the snap back us feeling like oh, I've completely lost it and we end up binging but it's sustainable enough that we can manage all the time now I'm not talking of, I'm not saying that we can't then at some point have little sprints within that and I'm going to talk about that in uh, in a future episode actually because that's something that can be useful and I found it useful for one or two clients as well but what we're talking about is trying to build a foundation of that deficit by making the small sprout size changes and that's where past efforts all those past so-called failures that you've had can be really, really useful and can provide a, a, a gold, a, a huge mountain of gold in terms of ideas, thoughts and things. And giving yourself permission to mix and match, to pick things, to try things, to put them in, to take them out is really where we're going forward. So the key thing is to take the idea of restriction off as a big meta message and to come down to what can I do? What can I do? How can I approach this? What would work? It might be micro restrictions in certain areas. It might be micro changes. It might be micro additions of activity here, park there, walk a bit further, add in an extra session of. There's a lot of these things that once cumulative together can make just enough of a difference to create a deficit over time. And as I said, that doesn't stop us having further bigger efforts um, at, at creating a bigger color, uh, energy deficit, but it can be useful because it's the foundation. It's what we can come back to uh, when we feel like, right, I've had enough of my sprint uh, session or a sprint day in terms of the the, the calorie deficit that I've created. Um, I'm going to get back to the foundational stuff. So what I'm really arguing here, really, I guess, as a as an approach, is to recognise that the idea of going on restriction diet, it isn't the restriction per se. It's the impact on our psychology and and the impact on how we therefore respond and ultimately resist it because there's a lot of reasons why 
biologically the body wants to resist restriction and why when when there's a lot of abundance around and why psychologically we grow to resist it because of exhaustion tiredness temptation um, self-criticism routine habits the comfort we get sometimes from that love from having that big packet of biscuits that kind of thing those that approach as a, a meta approach is something that i would encourage you just to park put to one side and to start with the small sprout size inquisitive open what can i do approach there will be micro restrictions in there and inevitably to create that gap we will need to have some of that but what we're trying to do is be kind to our brain as much as we are to our body kind to your mind and giving it a chance to go okay what can i do because positive feels so much more so much better the negative and don't get me wrong if you're in the mind frame well look Dave it really helps me just to shut off and say right I'm not eating between you know I'm only going to eat between six and uh, two and six or, or four and eight on an evening it works for me I just need to get my head back to it if that works for you that's fine I'm not criticizing the particular methodology what I'm saying is that just because somebody else says it doesn't mean it will work for you or it's right for you and doesn't mean it can't be tweaked changed played with added in a little idea here from that and a little by that added in to create your own bespoke wonderful plan that helps you and as i always say that plan will change it will need tweaking it will need it as your brain starts to realize hang on a minute what you're doing here you're, you're just tricking me here you're tricking me into creative deficit and we'll try to get back to the older habits because really your old habits once you start to break them they never really go away they are there and it's it's kind of it's like they're hovering around the corner. I did a little post on LinkedIn with a little cute kitten looking around the corner because the idea is that they, they never quite go away. It's very easy that once you, if you have a slip, those old habits come back in and they're like a comfortable glove or a comfortable shoe. They're back on and, and before you know it, you've worn that shoe for a good week or a month or something like that. Mixing loads of metaphors there. But the point of it is that what we're trying to do is shift and change the habits over time, but recognize that without being alert and reflective on our efforts they can slide back in and things can drift in our efforts that's why let's be right that's why diets the restrictive end of the diets the diet industry is so successful and so appealing and when i say successful i mean financially successful it's so successful because it's so appealing because it plays to simplicity black and white you do this you don't have to think about anything else and forget the rest and you know it works for many of us for a short period of time but the reasons that it fails is because it's often too restrictive leading to a snapback the habits that we've stopped are so ingrained and so heavily rooted in our life that they're just waiting for an opportunity to come back in and it's just we get burnt out with the effort of constantly being vigilant to the to what we're putting in our mouth or not putting in our mouth and that's where we burn out and that's why the vast you know for, for the vast majority of us they do not work and it takes uh, another approach a different approach and for many of us we can sort that out ourselves we can do that um, naturally for others it takes a conscious acknowledgement that hasn't worked i do need to find a different way and we can with a bit of guidance and hopefully i've provided and will be providing over the coming episodes some guidance to help you get that to get yourself in that direction to realize not to to overcomplicate things to then simplify where you can but work at the sprout level the small habits and change there and take this as the long game and in the process be kinder to yourself
And that's pretty much the approach that I would take with a client as well. We work longer term, and I'm finding now, actually, as I'm working with clients, that that longer term approach is much better because it is about working with that longer process, longer term, for the habit change and also the changes of in terms of how we talk to ourselves, how we react when we have a lapse, when we have a falling off the wagon, so-called. Um, how do I treat myself? And relearning that that's the way and not defaulting back to self-criticism, self-cabotage, extreme all or nothing, whatever. Try this diet again, try that tablet. There's a lot about in the news about medication around this as well. Um, and it's about getting back to some basic habits and working long term. So if you're interested in that, obviously you can give me a shout and we can talk about the coaching side. I'm more than happy to, to, to have a chat with you about that. You can drop me a line, dave at restlessmidlife.com. But for now, this has been my attempt really to start to get you to, to, to argue the case for stepping away from the restriction as an approach but also recognise that that doesn't mean we can get all soft and, and happy and fluffy and delusional because that stepping away from restriction can actually be quite scary for some and can lead to an overeating. So we do need to be careful and that's where that, that middle ground, although harder, can be and really is the way to go for many of us. So I've talked about it. Uh, let me know your thoughts. I kind of have built it in. And this the, the reason I've talked about this is because I've been very top of mind with uh, my own thinking, with clients, and with some of the work I've done. And it's the first time I've really tried to articulate my thinking around this. So I'll be interested in your thoughts, challenges, questions as well, because um, I am wanting to tease out other aspects to this over coming weeks. I'll have some guests within this, but I do want to spend a few episodes over the next few weeks uh, interspersed with guests rather than predominantly guests going forward so that I can really start to tease this out um, and to, to clarify a pathway through. Because um, for many of us, that's what we need. We need to sort of be able to park it, simplify where possible, take off the restriction, be kind to ourselves and move forward step by step, habit by habit, sprout by sprout. So as I say, that's my uh, my two pennies on the uh, reframing of diets. Uh, let me know your thoughts at dave at restlessmidlifer.com and I will catch you in next week's episode. Got a great interview with um, a friend of mine, Tim Lewis, uh, who um, has, has got um, an, a, a really interesting uh, midlife story and also has a take on the work he does because he's a freelancer um, and another another cha chance really to reflect on somebody else's perspective on working life which is also I think a factor in this because many of us are working really hard and often questioning what do I want to do with my life and it's not just about health it's about those big questions as well so I, I think it's really interesting to speak to people who've who perhaps are living some of those other lives, not living the dream per se, but living different lives, recognizing there's challenges, but also recognizing that there are other worlds out there and there are other ways of doing it. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed that and I will catch you in next week's episode. Take care for now. Thank you for listening. You'll find all show notes, links and resources mentioned at midlifereshape.com forward slash podcast. And it would mean so much if you could spread the word to your fellow restless midlifers. Share the show and links. And if you aren't already, subscribe to the show in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing. If you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting midlifereshape.com forward slash review. It would mean so much, and I may even give you a shout-out in return. And a quick final thanks to production assistant Karen North of North VA and for the music, which is called Silver Star by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers at musicformakers.com. Take care for now, and don't forget, you really can reshape your midlife health and rekindle that spirit of adventure. <laughs>